Okay, welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and today we are joined by Lance. Uh, he has a little bit of experience with JROTC, and he's going to go ahead and explain that to anybody who might be interested in pursuing a career in that. Uh, so, Lance, um, I pass it over to you. All right, thanks, Tony. Hey, everybody. Uh, just a little background about myself. My name is Lance Patterson. i Retired in 2011. And, you know, I was thinking about moving back to Florida and doing other things. And then a mentor of mine uh, knew I was retiring. And he called me and asked me if I wanted to do JROTC. Uh, and I told him no. <laughs> uh, because it was in Kentucky and I'm originally from Kentucky. And I said, I don't want to go back to Kentucky. So as a favor to him, they were actually starting up a new program, or they wanted to start a new program, uh, which appealed to me. So as a favor to him, I went and met uh, the administration. And I did it. And it was an amazing ride. Uh, I'm currently retired, and I've actually thought about coming out of retirement and going back to teach JRTC. Um, so a little bit about what JRTC is. It's actually a high school program. And it can only be taught, the Army that is, can only be taught uh, by people who retired. So for enlisted, it's E6 and above. And for officers, it's O3 and above. So you have to be fully retired and obviously honorably. Um, And then the classes itself are an elective. So if you can harken back to your high school days of those classes that were required and the classes that are not required, JRTC is not a requirement. But the amazing thing is, there are so many schools that want a JRTC program that they're on a waiting list. Now, the main headquarters is out of Fort Knox, where Human Resources Command and Cadet Command resides. So I'll just talk a little bit about my journey. And, Tony, you jump in. If uh, you got questions, please. Sure. No problem. So I went and met the principal, and then I decided – Actually, my son decided, <laughs> Dad, I want to do this. I was like, no, you don't. Yeah, I want to go to this school. I was like, no, the school's in the middle of nowhere, and they don't have a Chick-fil-A. Uh, but we did. So next was to get certified. Obviously, we're Army people here, or probably just anybody in the military, because they have Navy, JRTC, they have Marine Corps, JRTC, Air Force, JROTC, they have it all. Uh, So you have to get certified. So I'll speak of the Army, and I am quite certain that it is very synonymous with the other branches. And uh, forgive me, I have a big dog in the house, so if she wants attention, uh, you'll hear me pushing her aside. So you have to have some, besides being retired, you have to, Submit, and you can go on the JROTC website. So if it's Army, you just type in Army JROTC, and it really is extremely simple to navigate that website. I I, I say that because I I was considering going back to school to get a graduate another graduate degree, and they told me to go on the website the veterans affairs of that school. No, that wasn't easy. The army JROTC site explains it to where an old infantryman like myself could explain it. So they dumbed it down to infantry level. And I was like, this is easy. I can do this. So I had to submit some paperwork like hey, verify that you were actually retired from the military. Uh, I think my last three OERs are, and NCOER, whatever you have, 
And then you have to take a physical. The amazing thing about that physical was, you know, let's face it, we're all a little broken. Uh, some guys even, I have PTSD. Some guys have PTSD and it's like, I won't be able to teach. It's not true. Um, so when I called the people about like, all right, so I have to come back in the army to get a physical, didn't have to do it. I went to my local doctor and said, I need a physical. I need you to fill this paperwork out. And he did. It was that simple. And so when I submitted, you know, my DD-214, and I think there was two or three sheets of, you know, documents you had to submit. It's not, wasn't hard at all. You have to get initially qualified. And I'm just all saying, you know, we've taken all those online tests in the military. It wasn't difficult. Uh, just a questionnaire, it's just real easy. Uh, and matter of fact, if you, don't pass the first time, you can retake it and retake it. Uh, now, they may have changed that, but this was in 2011. So I passed that, and then, you know, I passed, you know, my physical, uh, because I I got 100% disability. I got several disabilities from the military. And, you know, it's not how fast you can run. Uh, if you're a little overweight, that's... It's okay. I mean, you're not, I PT'd with the students, but I mean, I got a friend, I won't mention his name, but he is large, <laughs> very, very large. He's an instructor. So if that's an issue, you're not, you're not back in the military, but you are representing the military. So you're required to wear a uniform. So after you do all that stuff, you know, you have to have an interview. Now, the interview is conducted by a fellow soldier. So it's a fellow instructor. So we have instructors throughout. I was happened to be at Fort Knox, so I just went in and did it. But they'll set you up with an instructor, and it's uh, officer or NCO just like you, and they talk to you. I don't know if any person has ever failed an interview, period. Now, if you go in there and say, yeah, man, I loved, you know, <laughs> crazy things that happen in combat. Yeah, you probably don't want to say that. But it really is not that big of a deal. <clears throat> and then you put your application in. Uh, it's a little packet. Application gets approved. Um, and then you, you, you go on the website. Most of you all, if you're interested in this, you go on the website now. And you can punch in JRTC vacancies, and you can go to the main Fort Knox website for Cadet Command, and it shows you all these schools that have availabilities for an AI, which is an assistant instructor. Oh, by the way, warrant officers can do this too. Okay. A good friend of mine uh, is a retired sergeant major from the 70s, I think the guy's like 70 years old and he's still teaching. And he is actually the SAI, which is the senior army instructor. So it's not necessarily that all officers are senior army instructors. And uh, Sergeant Major Duffy, he's a great American and he's been the senior army instructor for years. So that, that that's kind of how you do it. You find what you want to look, where you want to go. And we even have JRTC programs in Puerto Rico and in Guam. And I think they might be one in Saipan. I, I can't remember. I was stationed overseas. So, yeah, they definitely have them in Guam. Uh, and they're available. And so when you do that, you contact the, the, the principal or the superintendent once you get certified from the Army. And you go interview with them. Now, Key to note is when I was uh, going through this process, the way the pay works, because a lot of people want to know the pay. So you take what you made on active duty, and there's computation, so you, what you make. And you have to make, including your retirement, you have to make what you made on active duty. So whatever your rank is, 
and the location. So like if you're teaching in, let's say, Los Angeles, California, obviously your housing allowance is going to be much higher. So that's that's how they do that. So essentially you take your retirement. So let's say my retirement was, let's say I made 100000 okay? okay? And my retirement was 40000 I have to make at least 60000 right? So again, let's say I made 100000 my retirement's forty. The school and the Army had to pay me an additional 60000 You're like, well, that's not much. Actually, it's not bad. Uh, it's actually pretty good. Now, I went in there and negotiated my pay. See, now you work for the Army and you work for this high school. So I went in, I took all my stuff and said, all right. They said, we're going to pay you this much because the Army's going to pay you this much. And I said, well, you know, I've taught before. Um, And here are my credentials. uh, And I said, I'd like to have more. This is just Patterson talking. I wouldn't go in there and say, I deserve this much. Uh, we had a guy, I, I know a friend that went and did that, and they told him pound sand. I mean, because he was demanding. He's like, I'm a colonel. And we're like, who gives a crap that you're a colonel? Yeah, golf clap. No one cares. But if you went in there, I went in there and said, hey, I used to teach in the college level. Um By the way, you're a certified teacher for ROTC once you certify. So you're a teacher. Uh, And I said, I taught at EKU for three years. Uh, I've been a platform instructor in the Army. I have two degrees. And so the guy pumped my pay up 10,000. So I went from, I think it's, you know, 40-something thousand, uh, and they paid me an additional 10000 It was just that simple. I said, hey, here's what I've done. This is what I'd like. And he said, okay, we'll do it. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is you're going to get the minimum. Again, using the example of 100000 So if they were supposed to pay me 40000 they paid me 50000 And now instead of making the 100000 total, I made one hundred ten. Uh, and then, you know, you get pay raises. Like I was in the state of Kentucky, I got a pay raise for teachers. Uh, then I went back and they were going to give me another pay raise. And the superintendent said, I have a pay raise, but I can only give to one of you. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm a great guy. He said, it's either you or Sergeant Hall. I said, give to Sergeant Hall. And by the way, I'd already worked eight years and Sergeant Hall just came on board. Uh, but I, you know, I knew Sergeant Hall previously, loved the guy. And, you know, I said, hey, give to him. And they were going to give me another pay raise eventually. So that, that's how it worked. Uh, now, you might be asking, how, how was the job? It, it could vary. Different states vary, meaning We weren't by the flagpole, so you all know what that means. Technically, we were supposed to wear class Bs. 90% of the instructors, if not 95% of us, no. We're wearing (laughs) ACUs. Actually, at the time, no, it wasn't BDUs. It was ACUs. We were wearing ACUs. All right? Uh, And then if there was a weekend event, Oh, we'll get to that later. So my my uniform was civilians, ACUs, and PTs. You're like, what, PTs? Yeah, I PT'd my students every day. Now, can you? That's between you and your administration. I mean, what I loved about the job was me, once we got, you know, the principal and the army out of the way kind of, me and the principal sat down. I said, this is, you know, what I see, but my my view needs to match your view on how you see this program going. And then we had, so if you have a good principal, it was great. Uh, but essentially, yeah, you, you go in, 
Now, there are some things. I had bus duty. And it was amazing that me and my partner, uh, they'd like to go to us for everything. So finally, I said, hey, we don't do that, man. But we will. And you know how that works. It's kind of like they were amazed that me and First Sergeant Johnson, my Ranger buddy, uh, we would do things that we didn't have to do. You know, like we, we work games. And eventually, after about three or four years, I said, hey, look, we got other stuff to do, so can we opt? He's like, yeah, sure. Because we did other stuff around the school. Like, you know, a lot of times uh, principals would ask for volunteers to do stuff. Me and him say, yeah, we'll do it. I mean, because that's how we are in the military. Like, yeah, let's just do it. And people are like, what are you two doing? You're making us look bad. Like, you're kind of making yourself look bad because <laughs> it's not a bad, you know. Because then we'd get a lot of the summer off. Uh, we have, in the summertime, you have a week, a camp for a week. Okay. Uh, I kind of call it a, a boy and Girl Scout camp on a protein shake. Right. It was All really right. fun. We rotated. The instructors ran it. Uh, it was great. Uh, it was a good, it was a good week. I will tell you that. It was a great week. And then we had the rest of the summer off. And then I worked a deal with the principal. Uh, hey, some days, you know, there's not really much for us to do. And he said, look, I don't care if you come in or not, unless you have to. Other schools, they might require it. So again, I will tell you this. My partner, First Sergeant Johnson, he left Kentucky and went to Arkansas. And he called me because we, we still talk frequently. He's like, hey, you need to come here to Arkansas, man. <laughs> he said, I'm running this place. I love it. I was like, really? He's like, oh, yeah. He said, they pay me more money. So it's just where you're at and where the administration gives you. But now, what are some of the things that we did? We have a rifle team. We shoot air rifles. Okay. I didn't have to have a rifle team, but we did because it's something that the students wanted. Uh, now, for me, I was kind of invested. I had a Raider team, which is kind of like a tough mutter team. And I can't lie. I trained those kids like they were little rangers. And we'd go compete in these competitions on the weekends. And let's just say we did extremely, extremely well. We brought in so much hardware. Uh but that takes time. I mean, when the bell rang, I was practicing from three to six. And do a lot of coaches do that? Absolutely not. So the way that me and First Art did it, he'd do the rifle team and the color guard, and I did the Raider team. You know, he might only come in for an hour and practice the rifle. I mean, because that's what he did. And he left. Uh, and now are there weekends you have to give up? Yeah, but not like Army weekends. Nothing even like that. Um, like when I do a Raider competition, we'll travel somewhere. Uh, we'll leave in the morning, and we'll probably get back about 4 or 5 in the evening. That's Saturday. How many times does that happen? That depends on you. My kids wanted to compete almost every weekend. Some only compete once a month. Some don't even compete. The rifle events, about a couple hours. And then we had... Occasional, they'd call me and say, hey, could you do a color guard, uh, you know, for this ceremony? And we would. Sometimes it was during the day. Sometimes it was on the weekend. But it's not. I, I will tell you this. I had more free time than I probably would at any other job. Uh, it, it was just amazing. And uh, more amazing is I actually got to meet you know, the parents, the administration, and, and I will tell you that the community always, not just the program I was in, but all my buddies, they would say how people's like, oh my gosh, your students are the most respectful. And usually the JRTC program in each school is one of the most highly regarded because they get direct mentoring from you 
a former army leader, NCO or officer or warrant officer. And the reward that I got was watching kids develop, watching. I mean, I used to get kids like people used to say that kid didn't do anything, but no one gave him a chance. You know, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. No kidding. Tony, I'm getting. <laughs> I'll give you an example. And Tony cut me off. But there was this kid that I knew smoked dope every day. Smoked dope every day. I knew he smoked dope. I won't say his name, but I said, uh, how much weed do you smoke? He's like, sir, you know I smoke weed? I said, oh, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I said, hey, don't smoke it on school grounds, man, because if I catch you, I might have to bust you. Oh, no, sir, I smoke it before I get here. So one of the classes I decided to teach, because if within the curriculum, I was like, you know, I'm going to teach something that's not in the curriculum. I'm going to teach social skills. You know, what a good NCO would teach a young private coming in. You know, like, hey, here's how you balance your checkbook. Or, what, really? You don't know how to change your oil? You'd be amazed at how many kids cannot change a flat tire. I had a class on how to change a flat tire. And I was like, wow, these kids don't know how to change a flat tire. And, uh, so me and the first sergeant did some of those things. But back to this young man. Everyone said he wouldn't be anything. Well, I had a class one day on finances. Like I had a separate class on how to build credit, you know, and, and my finance class also included investing. How to earn passive money or additional money. It also included, hey, if you make $10, don't spend 11 Real simple things. We even had classes that we taught kids, hey, I'm going to give you a budget. Here's $1,500. You're a high school kid. You're 18. You just graduated. You you think someone's going to give you a $100,000 job? Whatever. If you find one, let me know. I want that. (laughs) So we taught them, here, you take this, and we taught them how to budget. And then it was amazing. They're like, what, we have to pay that much for cable or we have to pay that much for Wi-Fi? People, they don't teach that. You think they teach that in school? They may have us, but they didn't teach these kids. That was the most popular class that I taught was one of those. But again, back to this kid, on Facebook, he messages me a couple years ago. And he said, hey, sir, how you doing? I was like, hey, what's up? He said, I want to let you know he's my favorite teacher. Actually, you're the only teacher ever actually really talked to me. I said, ah, they just don't know you. Well, the kid was never going to go to college. And that's another thing I taught. I taught him about electricians make good money. Plumbers make good money. This this is the enjoyment that I've got. That's what I'm talking about. The things that I was able to help kids with that probably not would have gotten that in another class. You know, they're teaching reading, writing, arithmetic, STEM, which is science, technology. I can't remember what the E stands for. Uh, maybe English and music. But these kids that no one really reaches out to, me and the first round, we reached out to them. So I taught this class about, you know, like land is good to have and how to save money. And you guys know it because we're all doing the same thing. Well, this kid tells me, he said, sir, you remember that class you taught about investing and finance? I was like, yeah. He said, I listened to all of it. I was like, really? I said, that's fantastic. He said, I wanted to tell you, I make four. He said, I bring home 4000 Now, he knew the difference because we taught him that. I net, not gross, $4,000 a month at my job. And he said, I've already bought a house. The kid's 22. Total burnout. Everybody said, this kid's a loser. And he said, I have been able to save all my money and I have bought over a hundred acres of property around my house. I said, what? He said, that's the reason I'm calling you. Cause I know that you were looking to buy some land. I have some, if you want, <laughs> I said, you got a hundred acres. He's like, well, I'm not going to sell any my land, but there's some <laughs> other land. And he said, I don't smoke as much. I don't drink. I don't party with the boys. And you just can't imagine what that did to me. And he said, and I owe it all to you because you taught us 
you know, he said, because you said you're going to retire early. And he said, that's what I want to do. And he said, I'm there. And he said, I'm getting promoted at work. Uh, and he said, I love work. He always told us to find a job that we loved and it's not a job. Just little things that you try to teach these kids. And then when one of them takes it, you're like, ah, oh, man, that I did make a difference. Got another kid. Bought a $200,000 farm at 21. And the bank lady said, wow, you have extremely high credit for such a young man. You must, your parents must have taught you well. You know, I quote this kid. His name's Blake. I'll say that. He's like a son to me now. He said, nope. My parents didn't teach me anything about finances. It was my ROTC instructor. My ROTC instructor taught all of us how to build credit, how to save money, and how to make money. And nobody taught us that but him. The kid just sold. He's now 24, and he just sold that farm and made a big profit and just got a big check. So, yes, I'm happy. I'm extremely happy. And all that was because... I was able to mentor and even influence. I used to have discussions with people that I used to teach kids like, look, you can disagree with people. We're going to do it. Like they wanted to talk politics one time. So I had a little class, you know, uh, and then I seen somebody on like Fox or CNN doing us like, we We've already done that like two years ago where <laughs> the kids were saying, you know, about money and giving money out. And I said, well, let's do this. So you think, you know, we should just, you know, giving is great. I said, you know, biblically. That talks about that in the Bible. Uh, make this long story short. So I said, all right, everybody. Across the board, you said no one should make. Everyone should make at least a C. I said okay, so I made them sign this sheet of paper that said I could average all their scores, you know. And I told their parents, you know, I said it's just a project. I want to teach them something. And, and the point of the project was: the harder you work, the more you get. But if we're in a place where we just give stuff away. And there's no incentive to work for what you get. Other people will get upset. And that's what happened. We had, we had, we had eventually after about the second week, maybe 14, 15 days into it, this one girl, nice as can be, just said, sir, I had enough. I quit. I was like, what do you mean you quit? You signed that paper? She's like, no. She says, I make a hundred every day and I've got to be. And this one boy, ah. Great kid. Not in that sense, but he said, oh, yeah, but I like doing absolutely nothing and I've got to be. <laughs> and so I don't think you could teach that in other classes, but we did. I said, I'll revert your scores back. We're going to and we'll start over. Yeah. So it, it taught him something. I said, that's the same thing. Uh, so I'm a big proponent for JRTC. Not only is it rewarding financially. But emotionally, spiritually, it was rewarding for me. Uh, and the last story I tell you about, and I, I just don't want to mention this kid's name, but I used to tell the cadets all the time. I said, "I have a favorite cadet. None of you're it." And they knew who it was. They would mention this young man's name, and I said, "Why?" I said, "Your teachers are lying to you. They say they don't have favorite students. Yeah, we do." And that doesn't mean that I don't love and care for y'all. And I want the same thing for you. But this young man has had to climb harder, faster, and farther against the most austere obstacles in his way. And ironically, all the kids said he's our favorite cadet too. And I made him the cadet battalion commander. This young man, when he was in middle school, had a learning disability. And the other teachers, again, told me he he wouldn't do anything. He had Asperger's. I've never seen a kid, if I told him to do something, he did it. In fact, his mom 
said one day, if Colonel Patterson told you to jump off a bridge, would you? He's like, yes, mom, because Colonel wouldn't do it to get me hurt. He would be teaching me something. I said, I'm not teaching him to jump off the bridge. He's not jumping off the bridge. No, he's just, no. And I said, no, 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 we're not doing that. Anyway, he came out of his shell. He lost an enormous amount of weight. In fact, I gave them a real army physical fitness test, and his kid scored a 362. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. This is a kid who couldn't even run 100 meters without getting tired. But I've never in my life seen a, I'm sure there are, you know, and I know some really high-speed people in the military, and I was actually not too bad myself, but I've never seen anyone was so dedicated and worked so hard to achieve something in his life. It JRTC, according to this young man and his family, transformed this young man from someone who people thought, well, he will be at home his entire life into a guy that not only had a successful career, making great money, he's engaged and, oh, I can't say that. I don't think he's engaged yet. I'm glad I didn't say his name. His name's Bill. Whatever. Yeah. So you can tell I get a little excited talking about it. Uh, so any questions, Tony? No, this is uh, great. Uh, like I said, you know, this is geared towards, um, you know, people who are transitioning, not just people who are transitioning, but veterans. And so it's really good to hear um, the influence that you had on some of these kids uh, because, like you said, we're older, you know, so our time uh, serving our country in that capacity is over, right? Um, but some of these kids, a lot of these kids are going to uh, fill those shoes. And so I think it's important to have people like you who are vested in this. Um, because, like I said, before, prior to starting the podcast, I had considered it. Um, but I just don't know if I, for me personally, if I have that in me. And so that's why I, I didn't because I didn't want to put in a half effort because the kids deserve better than that. I will tell you this. I have several friends who have the same issues that you that we talked about, you know, PTSD. Uh, and kids can get you upset. I was fortunate. Uh, I had this motto. Uh, you're not going to get away with anything. Not on my watch. And if it does, I'll quit. I'll go find me another job. I used to tell kids all that time. I said, and believe it or not, the kids would police themselves up because I use I use PT. It used to be amazing. Like they're not doing push up. Yeah, they will. I mean, man, we did flutter kicks. <laughs> we did, and we didn't do this ten push up thing. This was after practice during practice. Like, no, nah, no, nah, we didn't do no ten push ups. Well, 10 push-ups is not. That's for old people like me. You're doing more. And again, me and the first sergeant, though, uh, we worked out with them. In fact, uh, when I was 55, I was still playing football with them and PTing with them. Now, first sergeant, he's, uh, he was a couple years younger. He was uh, like five years younger than me. Uh, but he could fly. I mean, so we didn't go on these, hey, let's go run around the track twice. No, we had like a cross-country track. (laughs) We'd run up to five miles. We would ruck. That's how we won those competitions. They're like, where's you get these? These are not kids. These are grown men. (laughs) No, no, they're kids. We feed them well. (laughs) And, you know, we go to the weight room. We go to the weight room. We, We really did Army... PT. Uh, so the PT test really wasn't. And only 18%, the last study I, I read, was only 18% of JRT students will go on into the military. And it's, it's I don't know that it's a law, but it, you're not allowed to uh, seek a kid out and recruit them. Now, if the kid has questions and stuff like that, if the kid seeks you out, then you can converse with them. Obviously, we did. Uh, and a lot of people we had uh, went in the military. Some are still in. But we we never actively recruited people in the military. 
I used to say, they don't want you in the Army. I used to mess with them. You're not smart enough. You're not fast enough. You're too slow. So we run all the time. So I can lie. You could. No. You can go in the, uh, uh, you know, you can go to the British military or hope there's no Brits out there. But yeah, I was like, you, you're not going, you're not going to the United States. Which obviously they're like, I'm going. I'm like, no. You don't even pass the ASVAB test. It's funny. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good time. It's a, Oh, by the way, uh, we also do military balls. <laughs> and the students run all that stuff. That's what I did. We had a chain of command. Uh, we put students in charge. You know, obviously the students had to be older. That first year was a little different. But, yeah, we have a chain of command. We gave out awards. It's like I remember the first time I seen a JRTC kid when I was in the Army. I was like, that kid got like 50 ribbons? How does he do that? <laughs> yeah, we have an awards process. And I, you know, technically they said, you know, the senior instructor was supposed to go. I was like, no, no, no. The cadet battalion commander will give him away. I made that kid give him away. I made them run the graduations. I made them run the uh, veteran ceremony. These are high school kids. I made them do. I said, no, 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 no. no. Me and first sergeant's not doing it. We're going to coach you how to do it. And you're going to do it. So we, and, and it was amazing they say, hey, can we get the ROTC kids to do this? I used to have, and I'm not bagging on other officers, but this one I will bag on. I mean, I don't care if he knows it. If he's listening, whatever. He was taking command of a post, a colonel. Uh, so he calls me up, you know. And he said, hey, are you Colonel Patterson? I said, uh, yes. He said, I'm Colonel so-and-so. I was like, nice to meet you. I'm taking over. Congratulations. He said, hey, can I get some of your cadets to help me uh, move my stuff? I was like, what stuff? He's like, oh, I did a ditty. I can't remember the last time I 06 did a ditty, but okay, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> but he did a ditty. He said, uh, I said, how much you pay? He said, pay? Well, I, I don't want pay. I said, I don't want to pay for him. He said, can't you just count it as volunteer service? I will not repeat. I told Tony I wouldn't curse. I will not <laughs> repeat what I said to this criminal. <laughs> but it really was, in essence, you need to pound sand and never call me again. So that's the one thing I learned, too, because people forgot how competent and responsible these young men and women are. But I said, hey, they're not free service to you. Now, I have allowed them, you know, people said, hey, because need, we needed to raise money. And I said, but no, 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 no. These kids that are not doing this for raise money. If you want them to work, that's up to them. But you got to pay them. So, and that's the other thing, too. I never said, I told people when I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I said, but trust me. It'd be just like the army. You know what? Uh, I ain't gonna be nobody's, you know, father figure. That was a lie. And uh, since you don't know who my first sergeant was, we had a girl that came in. He was a drill sergeant one time. He can't. She had came in with nits, which turned into lice. And, you know, he has three daughters and a couple sons. And, and first arm, he, you know, he was my ranger buddy. Man, I seen that dude tear up. I said, what's wrong with you, man? He's like, he just, he said, sir, I'm going to take care of this. I'm like, well, no, no. I said, let me go to the principal first. And I didn't know at the time. They said, no, no, you can, you know, lice is no longer like a, social hazard or something or and she couldn't be expelled and the first sergeant said i'm gonna take care of this and uh that young girl's a sergeant in the army in fact uh i remember when she went in uh you know she was like one of those her father was in her life she said so you're like a father figure to me 
and uh, you and the first sergeant both. And I was like, and I said, you're just, uh, we're so proud of you. I remember because one of these things, we had a rope to climb. One of these climbing ropes. Yeah. And on my Raider team, you had to have five girls and five guys. And this was a 20-foot climbing rope without knots in it. Well, I taught all my girls how to climb it. And her upper body wasn't strong enough at the time just to even hold the rope. That was her freshman year. Her senior year, someone comes screaming in the shop and said, Sir, I did it. I said, you did what? I climbed the rope. So I went out there and watched it. And uh, I know it seems silly, but it wasn't. It was amazing. And then the best part about it was the football players. I was real good friends with the football coach and the football players. They're like, come on, Colonel P, that's a joke. I was like, I said, I'll take five of my girls against five of you guys, and I'll bet you guys a pizza right now that my girls will beat your butt. They're like, you're on. My girls just demolished them. <laughs> so if you don't think that you have a vested interest in their future and see them succeed, yeah, I think you know that you will. So if you're looking for an opportunity uh, to not just give back, but to have an influence beyond what you can imagine, uh, JRTC is just, it's hard to beat. And oh, by the way, uh, you know, I don't know how it is in other states. I'm pretty sure it's that way. But in the state of Kentucky, uh, there's a retirement system in the state of Kentucky. So I know guys who have worked JRTC 25 years. So they have a full Army pension. I'm sure they have disability. And they have a full teacher's pension. Uh, and they're like 60. Right? So my first sergeant, he came in, I think he was, oh, I don't know, 42, 43. He just needs 20 years. So by the time he's 62, he'll have two pensions and he'll probably go do something else. Cause that's how he is. And it's not a, it's not like a small pension either. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, no, so that's great. So, you know, with this podcast, we try to make sure that people have different uh, different opportunities when they get out. Um, when we first started, it was the focus to make sure that people were okay with leaving the military behind and transitioning into regular life. Um, but I like this perspective because some people don't want to just let it go. And this provides an avenue to still give back, even if you're little hurt like I am, you know, I could still go out and do this. I could do PT. Now I'm not going to rock 12 miles anymore because my shoulders are just shot. You know, I, I can't do that with the, you know, 50 pound rucksack on, but I can still go run with them or I could do other things. Yeah. Most, most cadre don't. Me and first art said, we're, I mean, I did it to stay in shape. Yeah. Oh, now on the road march? I didn't. I was like, no, 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 no. After like the first couple, I was like, no, 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 no. You, you guys are. First heart said, hey, sir, I'm going to get us a. What was it? He said, I'm going to get us a side by side. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but his first heart didn't. He ran with him because, you know, he. First heart always wanted to prove he could beat him. He's probably 55 now. And he's still out running his students in Arkansas. So that's just how he is. But, uh, yeah, it's a good, I would, uh, you know, go on the website. I would recommend you go on the website, look at it. And then literally the places they have to offer, there's probably one close to your hometown or somewhere close to where you want to be. Like I'm getting ready to go out West. Uh, and the opportunities, there's a plethora of opportunities out West. If I want to go back and teach. And so, yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Okay, so we're, we're getting close to uh, the end here. And there's a couple of questions that I always like to ask. They have nothing to do with the, you know, the topic. Uh, but I, so I see that uh, you're sporting the beard. Oh, yeah. 
and I was I just curious. Or I wouldn't be able to do it in ROTC. <laughs> so that's my, one of my questions I always ask. So, uh, what motivated you to grow the beard out? Uh, well, you know my little brother. Yeah. Right. BJ. Yeah. Well, we're half Filipino. What does that mean? So if there's any mestizos out there, you know that uh, whether you're full Filipino or half Filipino, uh, growing facial hair is not usually that easy. Okay. And uh, well, he's retired now. So I remember me and my two brothers were all retired military. Uh, we were all linking up in the Washington, D.C. area. And I was, we were all going overseas, right? Uh, plus the fact that obviously in the military, I think it just might have changed now, but you can't have a beer. Even if you were doing, but you can't have a beer. So my little brother, I seen him and he was, and so you know him, he was going somewhere and he was required to wear a beard. And I seen him, I was like, how the crap did you grow such a long beard? <laughs> He's like, I just, I can't. And I just said, when I retire, I don't think I'm ever going to shave. That's not <laughs> true. But, yeah, I, I just... But I've had to trim it up. I've had it really long. Like what you see now, Tony, it was yeah. probably a good two or three inch longer. Uh, and then that, 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 that takes some work. And they had to blow dry it every day. I was like, dang, <laughs> I don't have enough hair to blow dry, but I have more beard hair and I'm blow drying it. So yeah, this is about as long as it's going to get. No, 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 that's that's fine. Um, so for me, I'm still on terminal leave. I have like another two weeks of terminal oh, leave. Oh wow! Um, so I try to explain this to BJ. I try to grow my uh, goatee out, right? And I had lasted about two and a half days, and I was just cranky at work. Um, so I had to shave it off because uh, work's actually great now that I'm out of the military. I, I love this job. And I don't want to be upset for no particular reason there because it's awesome. It's the best job I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about doing something. I thought about going back to school. Uh, two of the young fellows that I know that were actually former cadets of mine. And one's now a police officer and one is a, uh, a corrections officer. They were saying, sir, you need to get a podcast. Like, why am I doing a podcast? I was like, I don't even know how you do a podcast. They was like, we'll set it up. I was like, what? Is that what we've been thinking about it? I was like, so you all want me to do a podcast? Like, oh, yeah. We've already got stuff set it up. I said, what do I talk about? They said, whatever you want. I said, I'll think about it. But I, I nutrition has been a thing. I'm either going to go back to school. And uh, uh, that's the other thing you've already probably discussed. Uh, like I said, I got several service-connected disabilities. Uh, so I got 100% disability from the military, uh, and I'm retired. You don't have to be retired, but if you got 100% in Kentucky, if you're 100% service connected from the military, if you go to an in-state school, like so I'm in Kentucky, so if I go to University of Kentucky or Louisville or Eastern Kentucky, the tuition's waived, and you get a Excuse me, a stipend. I think stipend's close to twelve hundred. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't know about North Carolina. I know there's. I don't know the particulars about it, but I know they offer something like that. I also know um, what is it? Chapter thirty five. BJ and I touched on it um, briefly about chapter thirty five. If you're one hundred percent disabled, that you qualify for that, and your children also qualify for that. And it's about and your spouse twelve hundred, thirteen hundred. Yeah, and your spouse. Yeah, yes, yes, and your spouse. So for anybody who's out there that's 100% uh, rated from the VA, just know that Chapter 35 does cover that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's kind of amazing because uh, I think I'm going to go back to school because 
I think for veterans that, you know, like I'm getting close to 60, you know, and I had heart failure. And only by the grace of God, literally, you know, I looked it up, 50% of the people within the first five years die of heart failure if they have it. Uh, you know, the doctor and him were confused. Anyway, I found this, I call him the Mother Teresa of Men, this He's from Pakistan. He's my cardiologist. And when other people said there's nothing we could do, uh, and this might help someone else, he said, I think you have sleep at me. I was like, no, I don't. He's like, I think you do. I was like, nah, doc, I don't. He's like, well, let me play doctor and you play patient and just humor me. I said, all right. Uh, so my heart was not pumping, but 40%. Uh, and we did the test. I had sleep apnea. And he said, I want you to get on a CPAP. I did. And then I was having 34,000 PVCs, pre- premature ventricular contractions a day. Not good. No, and my blood was only pumping 40%. My heart was only pumping 40%. When I got on that CPAP and it stopped my sleep apnea, my PVCs went away. And they were like, whoa. And then my heart went to 50%, 55%. And the last checkup I had, my doctor said, your heart is pumping better than it has and is now pumping normal. Uh, so if you have sleep apnea and you think it's not, it may not be for you, but for me, it was killing me, literally killing me. Uh, and so... Yeah, I'm really, I've got this new trend health-wise, because he probably explained to you about our older brother. Our older brother is a triathlete, Ironman, and he's got all these, you know, I thought he's going to have his hip replaced. He just finished another Ironman and took gold. Uh, But I think as far as a future career, for others might be in the nutrition or fitness area. You don't have to run marathons. You don't have to lift weights in the gym for a year or for an hour, two hours a day. You just have to be active because people are like, how do you do all this stuff? I was like, I said, you, I said, when I get up in the day, I'll have two cups of coffee and then I'll start moving my body. And I said, you just, it's true. You move it or lose it. So that's another option that I've been looking at. Yeah, I know. Uh, so on this podcast, we've tried to focus uh, at the importance of mental and physical health because I've seen quite a few of my people I knew in the military that got out and then just put on 50 to 100 pounds. And you retire from the military, but you don't retire from life. Right. And yeah, you know, I'm not, my body can't take running marathons anymore, um, but I can go jog two miles, you know, four days a week or just go out for a walk. Or here's a crazy concept. How about I just, you know, watch what I eat, you know? (laughs) You know, you're talking about that, talking about that mental aspect. uh, You know, we all probably grew up very similar in the military. It's like, you don't, you know, like emotions or weakness. and Well, it was the older brother. Uh, I, I was seeing three different therapists. Because they said, you have PTSD. I was like, no, I don't. I said, you're so wrong. He's like, no. And one, one therapist, she got right to the heart of the matter. And I and I told her, I said, you, you've saved my life. Uh because I was denying a lot of things. I'm like, no, not me, man. I just, because, you know, I said combat never bothered me. But there was a certain thing I don't really want to go into right now, but, you know, in the back of my mind, and she says, I could see it. And the VA's diagnosed you with PTSD. I said, well, the VA's wrong. Well, the older brother, he said, have you ever done mindfulness meditation? I was like, man, I ain't doing that crap. And I started doing it. I said, I've got... Like inside, it was like a rage. It, it just, you know, 
I, you probably know what I'm talking about. And you're just yeah. like, and I thought, well, that's how all military people are. They see something stupid. It irritates them. Uh, and so I started doing it. The breathing techniques. I try to do yoga. A therapist kind of knows me and she says, you should do yoga with Adrian. I was like, is that the hot one? She says, that's what I told you because you would be interested in doing it. I was like, <laughs> I try to do it. I was like, I can't. I can't. But then I tried Tai Chi and I was like, you know, Tai Chi where it always shows the old people doing it. Yeah. I was like, Tai Chi's not for old people. And so Tai Chi, mindfulness meditation, slowing down and breathing, it has really allowed me to be more patient. I don't get you know, like people used to cut you off in traffic. It doesn't even make me mad. It, it doesn't even make me mad. Uh, I've literally, I think, I don't know if you're the same way, but when we were in the military, things would bother you and you're like, yeah, that's wrong. That's it. You just let it go. And I would never thought this two years ago. That would never work. But it's like anything we do in the military, we train for stuff. And so my brother said he he does it repetitively, and he said it made a world difference. I said, well, if he if he can help him, and my therapist said, listen, you have to try it. You have to give a good no BS. You need to try it, and then let me know if it works. And I told her, I said, wow, it's uh, you know the guru. Yeah. It's, it's what helps. So if you're out there and you don't think it works, I would I would recommend you give it a try. It uh, and the thing is, you know, we never really thought about stress and anxiety. My doctor said your stress and anxiety are really bad for your heart health. Yep. I said, Doc. He's like, No, you you need to. Not hold on to things so much, you know, and and I, I went through a difficult time. Not be too personal, but you know, my wife of twenty six years said she didn't want to be my wife anymore. So, uh, yeah, and then I get heart failure, and I was like, we we've got to kind of change this. We got to do something. So, and now, I've enjoyed today. This has been this has been amazing. Well, thank you. And Lance, like you're the exact type of person that we want on here because we all, we have to realize that we're not in the military anymore. So how many of the people from the military do we still stay in contact with? You know, I, I probably worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people. I talked to me, I stay in contact with maybe 10. So when I was in the military, I was worried about like all their opinions. Well, now I'm out. I'll never talk to those people, the majority of those people again. So their opinions just don't matter. But my health matters. And that's just the message that this podcast is trying to get out. Just take care of ourselves because we're important. We matter. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, like I... I'd like to say I'm a spiritual person. I, I'm a Christian. So as many mistakes as I make, you know, I talk to God all the time. And uh, over the process of the last three or four years, you know, my goal in life uh, is to be happy and healthy. And I retired from teaching and people like, why you're young? I was like, don't you get bored? I was like, actually, I, I don't. <laughs> There's like, what? I was like, how much money do you need to make? I said, I'm not rich. I'm not poor. I said, but I said, like my porch is, my deck is just like 10 feet from me. And You can hear the birds. It's really peaceful. My yard is beautiful. I've got, you know, the being able to sit out on my deck and just drink a cup of coffee and just 
Yeah, I never really thought about doing that when we were in the military. I was like, nah. But now, yeah, man, I just don't take things for granted. Life is, I was telling a buddy, I said, you know what, a good day? I said, you know, (laughs) so I made, I'm a big breakfast person. Like, I I love, I like to cook. Am I as good a cook as BJ? (laughs) You ever get a chance, you need to have BJ cook for you. He can, he can cook. Uh, so I made this breakfast dish. It, it almost looked like a quiche. And that's someone's like, and I was eating, and they're like, what? I was like, shh, shh, shh. It said, what? I said, I, I, I enjoy eating food. And I, I was thinking, you know, when you go through basic, you don't, you don't have time to taste the food. Or you no. go to jump school. Like, you're not, No. Most military schools, especially in basic, you're not you're not tasting that food, and and that kind of started out a career where I would just swallow food or something. Just you know, and you have lunch, like oh, I got a bite. Well, why are we eating through lunch? And now, now I just I actually do stop and smell the roses. It's just some. It's kind of an amazing thing. You stop and smell the roses, and I, me and my brothers use Marco Polo. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we use that Marco Polo app. And uh, I don't. They're probably getting tired of me because I'll Marco Polo them. I said, "See, this is the best time in Kentucky. Is the fall." Uh, and and I'll, I said, "Look at the weather." I said, "You can feel the breeze." <laughs> I don't think one time they replied back and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we we got you." But I don't know. So if you're out there, man, smell the roses, smell the coffee. Feel the breeze. It's pretty cool. I mean, we got, you know, you think about it. We've done a lot in a short period in our lives if you served in the military. You know, it's a true statement. You've done more at 9 o'clock than most people have. But now it's time to kind of reap those rewards. And, and by rewards, I mean, you know, looking at what you have as opposed to what you don't have. I don't know. You can say I'm pretty happy right now. Just- oh, that's great. That's what everybody who's getting out should aspire to. Ah. I was even grateful I helped my buddy move his mom today. I was even thankful I could do that. I was like, yeah. most people are like, what? You're thankful? It's like, no, I'm thankful that I actually have the ability to pick up these boxes and move them. It's like yeah. it's, it doesn't look like a chore anymore. I don't know. I think uh, the biggest thing, lesson I learned is when you get out of the military, you even go into a civilian career, you can slow down a little bit. It just seems like in yeah. the military, you know, you like work till you get to the weekend if you're going to have the weekend off. And the weekend, you didn't waste one minute of your weekend because you knew you were going to go back to work Monday. And, you know, I don't know about you, but up at 4.30, PT, you know, the daily grind. And you're like, is it Friday yet? <laughs> is it Friday yet? And now it's not, it's just, it's not that way. Even when I was teaching, it was not that way. I was like, no. That's what me and the first sergeant used to say. Uh because people say, gosh, you guys work a lot. Like, and we, me and him would talk in our office like, this is not even work. <laughs> I'll never forget. He's like, this is not even working. <laughs> I said, right? He's like, this is like a vacation. He said, teaching is really cool. It's easy. I was like, don't. I said, listen, whatever you do, man, don't say that in one of our meetings. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how these people can play. It was so funny. I was like, right? He's like, yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I might have to go out to Arkansas. <laughs> hey, right, you guys, is the weather okay in North Carolina? Did you guys get hit by the storm? Any? So the tropical storm came by and it, you know, dropped a good amount of rain and the winds picked up, but nothing like uh, back in 2017 where the 95 was shut down and nothing, nothing to that extent. So we escaped the I'm majority. Good, of it. I think about coming out there and visiting BJ. Yeah, do you golf? I golf a lot. 
He golfs occasionally. He's a big mountain biker. He so when yeah. you come out, just you know, let BJ know because I golf and we're planning a, a day to go out and golf here pretty soon. Well, anyway. BJ needs somebody to play golf with. I said, don't you have any buddies that play golf? Yeah, that's so I do. I like I told him my shoulders are shot, so I don't hit it very far, but at least it goes straight. Now that's another thing I learned too. Uh, there's people on uh, the USGA changed it. I think it's 2017. Like most people, most amateur golfers, I would say should not be playing from the white tee boxes. There's no such thing as senior tees anymore or women's tees. Uh, because if you can't average your drive 225, this is what they put out. If you can't average 225, 230 consistently, then you need to move up a box. Oh, so I if move you're, up if you're not to averaging 230 drive on the white tees, then you should probably move up. Plus, hey, we're not pros. Yeah. I play both. I don't play the tips anymore, but I play the whites and yellows. And sometimes, because if it's a 450-yard par four, I'm like, there's no way I can reach the green in two on a 450-yard par four. Now, some guys are listening probably like, I can't. I was like, well, yeah, not me. I mean, that's a heck of a – yeah, that's a heck of a shot. So, do you have any uh, shout outs that you want to uh, that you want to give, Lance? Any shout outs to anybody out there? We like to usually end on a uh, you know. Well, I want to shout out to my little brother BJ because he connected us, uh, and I, I appreciate that. And a shout out to my older brother and our father, who's deceased. We have, uh, I think it's one hundred twelve, one hundred ten years. Combined military service out of the four of us. And so the military is, is a good life. And I still stay in contact with some of my, ironically, my first platoon. I, I stay in contact with those guys. Those guys in my first company. Uh, now, I was a battalion commander, but I haven't, uh, some of those guys are still in. Yeah. So that's one good thing about Facebook. Not really much that good about Facebook, but there is one good thing about Facebook. Uh, Like I was actually in Desert Storm and we had our. So a shout out to all the Widowmakers from 30 to the 5 Deuce. Just had our anniversary, 30 something anniversary in Dover, Tennessee, and I missed it. So hopefully I can go there next year. And shout out to BJ. Okay, so we're just about out of time here. We're clocking in at a, over an hour. And uh, so, again, Lance, thank you for being on. Thank you for providing good information out there for everyone. And if you're listening, remember your health, your mental and your physical health is important. Take care of yourself. You matter. You're important. And with that, as always, zot, 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 and roll tide. Roll tide.